today I would like to speak to us on God at work in us. As always, I'll try not to complicate things because I can get very hectic in terms of complicating things. So, because my mind works in certain strange ways and I'm connecting things and what, what. So I'll try not to complicate things for you. Make sure that that which God wants to communicate to us is exactly what comes out and nothing else. I would like to ask, um, please raise your hand if you didn't brush your teeth this morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See no hands. Okay, so I've got some, um, some toothpaste here. I was hoping that someone would raise their hand because I brought like a lot of toothpaste. <laughs> so I was going to donate some. I've got like two, four, six, seven, you know, so. But no one br- raised their hand, so I'm going to take it with me. Take it home with me. Huh? Okay. Um, I've got, I've got, okay, I wasn't going to mention brands, and I'm not going to mention brands, but, well, yeah. And I think I brought, I brought a lot of them because I didn't want to sort of leaning towards any one. Hence, I inadvertently give publicity. So they all here, well, as many as I could find. But anyway, um, you know, in this tube here is toothpaste. I'll use this one because I think it's the most common, right? Most, a lot of people know, I mean, almost everyone knows this, you know. But maybe if I lift this one, maybe less, right? Yeah, some, yeah. So, but let, let's go with this one. And this one also is very, fairly popular, yeah. So let's, let's, let's just use this one for now. So, this is what it is. What is it? Well, tube of toothpaste. Well, but it's not just a tube of toothpaste. It's actually a box and a tube, you know, right? And um, why do you buy this? I'm going to ask a question very quickly. It's an object lesson today. Why do you buy it? Yes. To brush teeth, right? That's why you buy this. Sorry, boss. Sorry? To keep your teeth clean, yes. Okay, that's good. So, I want to ask a question. When you buy this, do you buy it because um, it's in a box or not? And I've got this one here. Um, Do you buy it because it's in a box or because of something else? So, if it was sitting on a shelf and it was just like this, would you still buy it? Probably not. Oh, that's interesting. Would you still buy it? So, say, you know, one is like this, one is like this. Would you then take this instead of this? Okay, okay. But what's the first thing you do when you get home? Take it out of the box and... So, I don't get it. So, why wouldn't you take this one then? But it's sealed. I don't want to be a letterbug. Okay. I know it was sealed because when you open it, it's got like a little tab. Anyway, um, so you, you don't buy it for this because evidently you throw it out. And then you don't even buy it for this that I'm actually holding now. Because when you're done with it, do you put it somewhere safe in, as a keepsake or something? You also toss it out. So what do you actually buy this whole thing for? For what is actually on the very inside of the thing that's inside this thing. I'm going somewhere with this, huh? 
That's why you buy it, right? Yes. So you buy it for the toothpaste. So the value of this is not in the box, is not in, is not in this material that I'm holding now. It's actually what's on the inside, right? But what if I tell you that that's not actually the value of it? What if I tell you that the value of this is actually what it can do for you? Because when you think about it, what you're actually buying is not the box, as we clearly saw, is not the tube that's just a vehicle. It's not even the white stuff or whatever color it is that's inside. You're actually buying the experience. You're actually buying what it can do for you. You're actually buying clean teeth, in essence. You know, you're actually buying no bacteria, no cavities, or whatever. Some of these do that better than others, but I'm not going to mention which ones. So that's what you buy. And you know, um, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how, as people, we almost inadvertently, or just, you know, carelessly, let me go there, tend to attach value to the wrong things. Someone will buy this because the box looks nice, but there's rubbish inside. And the first thing you do is throw away the box. Or put it somewhere, maybe your child is going to use it for like a school art project, if at all. So you actually make decisions based on the external, how it looks. It looks nice on it, right? Not on the function, not on the utility of the product. And I see that creeping even into our Christianity, where we place so much value on external things in our Christianity and not on the inside and not on what's inside. We're looking on the outward. We're outward-focused, outward-centered, but we're not even looking at the real core. Of what Christianity is. The real, real core of it. So I wrote here that we always look to the means rather than to the end. This, this, all these are just the means to get clean teeth. And that's really what you're after when you're buying the toothpaste. It's not this stuff that's here. It's And I want to ask us a question. What are we really here for? Like really. Like really, really, really. Here, in this building, in this place, today. For. I want you to ask yourself that question. What am I here for? And I sit down and I ask myself that question. I was like, okay, so Sunday I'm going, or any other Sunday, but what am I really going there for? Like, really? And you know, I got the answer. Do you know what the answer was? Wrong question. 
that was the answer. Wrong question. The question, pastor is getting into his head. Who are you really here for? That's the right question. Because if you're asking the wrong questions, we'll never arrive at the right answer. Who are we really here for? Like really? Because probably someone is here because my friend, that's, I only get to see my friend once a week at church on Sunday. So I can't miss Sunday because I want to tell them everything that's been going on throughout the week. So I'm, I'm not going to miss it. Some are here because my parents, I can't live in that house if I don't go to church. They will flatten me. I don't know. They could be like 200 different reasons. But they should only ever be one. And that is God. Jesus Christ. That is who we are here for. That is the core. The essence of why we do everything. It's not the music. It's not the experience or whatever. It's not the, the feel good. It's a person that we're here for. And that, that is who we should always keep in the center of our focus. Always in everything that we do. And the danger is that when Christianity begins to move from the who to the what, oh, you know what, what, what begins to happen. When we begin to move from the who to the what, we begin to chase the what. We turn it around, we twist it, and it becomes about me rather than about him. And we're seeing it happening in the church global today where there's so many people who are focused on the what but not on the who. They have a utilitarian view of God. What can he do for me? What can I get from him? And often they leave the church because they're saying, because God didn't do this for me. <laughs> he didn't do this or didn't give me this. Who are we here for? If we are to recenter ourselves to the who, it's important that we actually discover what is it exactly that he wants. And I've been sort of meditating on that, meditating on that, meditating on that, meditating on that. And it came to a question, why, why do I even exist? Like ultimately, when all is said and done, when I strip everything away, why do I exist? And obviously I went to the place where when I have questions, I find answers. Um, let's go to Ephesians. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 10. I'll jump into it there. Ephesians 2 verse 10. I'll read it here. New King James. It says, For we are his workmanship. Some versions, they say his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
I mean, the person that made this toothpaste, they created it for clean teeth. They didn't create it to look good. It's not like some shop. It's not like a, a sculpture. You know, a sculpture is created. It's a masterpiece. But we look at it, we adore it, and it provokes certain thoughts within us. This has got its purpose. The chair has got its purpose. This mic has got its purpose. And you got your purpose. And that purpose, you derive it from the one that created you. The purpose does not derive from within you. And when he created you, that, that masterpiece, when he created you, he put within you exactly what was required for you to accomplish the purpose. You know, I mean, now it's, it's common knowledge that if toothpaste doesn't have fluoride, it won't help your teeth not to get cavities, you know, decay. So most toothpaste has got fluoride except, I don't know, the organic whatever, and they've got something else that replaces the fluoride. So what you have is directly, directly in tune with what he wants from you. Because he created you for that purpose. And he put within you whatever it is exactly that he wanted. So you're not an accident. Whatever you are, whatever you have, whatever you can or cannot do, don't look at the next person and say, oh, I wish I was like that person. He made you that way to accomplish his purpose. It says you are his workmanship. You're his masterpiece. And some might think, oh, he's only talking about the Apostle Paul. Because those people are like, oh, amazing things for God. He's talking about you. Like you. You. Masterpiece. God's masterpiece. But it tells you why he created you. It says, in Christ Jesus, for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should work in them. So you can see that because God is omnipresent and God is omniscient, he's, he's everywhere at the same time and he knows everything. Right? It's like he saw the end and then he, he created whatever was needed to accomplish that in the end. And not only that, I mean, he determines the boundaries, the bounds geographically. He places us, Paul says it in Acts 17, says God determines the, he places us exactly where those very skills and talents and personality and character is needed at that time. And when he needs to move you, he will move you to wherever he needs you. Because he created you for his purpose. In Revelation 4.11, he says, and I'll read from the King James. He says, thou art worthy, O God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. And for your pleasure, they are and were created. For you have created all things, and for your pleasure, they are and were created. For whose pleasure? Maybe because I read and I said, for your pleasure, you're thinking 
your pleasure. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about him. You were created for his pleasure. That's why you exist. For his pleasure. And that is the purpose of God. Singular. Not purposes. The purpose of God. What he had in mind when he was creating you. Your purpose. His pleasure. Your purpose. His pleasure. Only. It's like the purpose of this. It's one. Huh? No matter what brand you buy here. No matter what brand. The purpose is one. His pleasure. One. I mean, if I asked you to taste this different toothpaste here, they all taste different, I promise you. They, I guarantee you they all taste different. They've got different colors. This one has got like a red streak inside. This one's got like a red and blue streak and white. This one is predominantly white. This one is all white. And this one is, triple action is white. And this one is like a thick, the Himalaya. It's like a thick, it's thicker than the other ones. It doesn't run quite, you have to squeeze the tube a little bit harder. It's, the consistency is different. The color is different. The taste is different. One purpose. One purpose. One purpose. His pleasure. So the variedness, the, the variety of the different giftings and abilities in this room all exist for purpose. That is his pleasure. And don't get caught up in saying, oh, this one preaches and this one prays a lot and, and this one uh, he, he, he sweeps and this one does this and this one does that. That's really according to your abilities, your talent and your skills. But all that is working only one thing. His pleasure. Full stop. So if you're busy looking for why am I here? Why did God create me? Why do I exist? Here is the answer. You exist to glorify God and to give him pleasure. Period. You can do that in a lot of different ways. According to the gifts and the abilities that he gave you. But... You only exist for one reason. Now, because God knows all things, and God is so wise, beyond our ability to even understand, he was like, oh, these people are going to struggle with this. So let me help them a little bit. He did something. If we read from 2 Peter 1, and this is an amazing thing that he did. It blows me away. If you read from 2 Peter 1, um, from 2 to 4, or somewhere there, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. And oh, Jesus Christ, I'm reading the verse before. And then now, verse 3 says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given great and exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature. 
It's a mouthful, but I'm going to simplify it very quickly. <laughs> he says, after God made you and he created you for his pleasure, do you know what it says? It, is, it says he gave you everything that you need for life and godliness. I don't know what all things means to you. And he just didn't say all things for godliness. God is not really concerned about how you, 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 you do when you're in your mind in the Christian sphere. Because I don't know what the Christian sphere is and the non-Christian sphere is. Because if you're his, you're his wherever, whichever sphere you are. <laughs> There's no spheres here. There are people that are his according to redemption. But everyone is his according to creation. says he gave you all things for you for life and godliness just in case you, you don't get it because you know if he hadn't put the godliness i think some people might actually use this first to start saying oh god gave me everything for life so i must enjoy everything the way i want yeah lasciviousness excess and that's what they do outside So he gave us everything. He did not hold back. He equipped you fully with whatever you needed. We do not lack anything in any way. If there's any lack, it's a lack of knowledge or a lack of will. I'm going to get to that soon. But the lack of knowledge already there, it says, he gave us everything that pertained to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Through the knowledge of him. And that's why Peter, this is Peter, that's why he also says, says grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Grow, grow, grow in your knowledge of him. The more you know him, the more you discover, wow, is that you, God? Wow, you did this. Wow, even the thing that you thought was working against you, he works it for you. And you're like, wow, I, I couldn't see it before. Through the knowledge. And so, because of that, um, if we come to Philippians 2, I'm just going from scripture to scripture to scripture to scripture. The scripture explains scripture. Philippians 2 says, I'll just take it from verse 12. I was going to read the whole context, but I'll just take it from verse 12. Philippians 2 verse 12, it says, As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but this is Paul speaking, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do according to his good purpose. Some, some versions say pleasure. There it is again. It says work outwardly. Amplified, it says outwardly. With fear and trembling. And it tells you why you should work outwardly. He says, because God is working in us. So, what he's saying there, in simple terms, he's saying, God is at work within you. 
mightily, by the way. Right? So, he didn't just work on you at creation. He's not like the, the sculptor that makes a, a, a sculpture and then he puts it on display and then he goes, he makes another sculpture and he forgets about that sculpture. Uh-uh. He made you a masterpiece. And then he gave you everything that you need for life and godliness. And then he continues to work in you, even now. Both to will, so in case you're like, oh, I don't want. He works it in. And to do. Say, oh, I can't do it. He gives you the ability. All things he gives to you. And so, we don't have an excuse. And that's why Paul says, with fear and trembling. Because you can't come to God with an excuse. You can't come to him and say, oh, but I can't. Oh, but I can't. Oh, but I can't. You cannot. Because he says, I have given you all things. I have equipped you for every good work. And I continue to work in you, even now. With fear. You know, a good tree doesn't bear bad fruit. And a bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. So bear fruit, which is meat, with repentance. What we should see on the outward is what he is working in. And I can tell you one thing. This is not like your your parents working it in or your teacher working it on or someone else. This is God Almighty working it in. And you better work it out. Fear and trembling, you better. Because this is God. He's, he's not working it in in vain. You need to see it outwardly. And you know, I've heard some who say that, oh, you know, this is a works gospel. You, 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 it's like you're working for your salvation, you know. But he didn't say you're working for your salvation. He's actually saying the opposite. He's saying God has given you salvation and he's working in you. Therefore, let it come out. You know, ask you a question about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, when he wanted to see Jesus, he went up, up, up the sycamore tree and then Jesus came to his house and were, you know, after that encounter with Christ, and Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was like, like not a very nice guy, right? He used to cheat and steal and rob and whatever, whatever, in the taxes. Do you know, what did Zacchaeus do? He gave away. He says, I'll give even up to half and I'll repay everyone that I've, that I've stolen from. Do you know why Zacchaeus did that? Did he do that because he wanted to impress Jesus? Or did he do that because something had changed within him because God had worked something in him that turned Zacchaeus into a different man <laughs> and he worked outwardly what God was working in he was like I cannot keep this money I've been cheating people I must give back because God had already Worked in him. And, and Jesus said to him, salvation has come to your house today. You know, Zacchaeus could have been walking in the street, giving out the money so that he tries to catch Jesus' attention. But when Jesus worked in him, 
gave it away. God is working in you. And he requires that we work it outwardly. And it's all him, really. It is all him. All him. All him. In creation, it's him. You know, he created us for his good pleasure. In redemption, it's him. He redeemed us. So for us sitting here, it's like a double whammy. He created you for his pleasure. Even the person that's uh, an unbeliever out there was created for his pleasure. But he went a step further and then he redeemed you. How much more should we be pleasing unto him as his children? Having been created for his pleasure and having redeemed unto him again. Having been redeemed. And Paul says, that is not of you. Lest anyone should boast. It is the gift of God. It is his grace. You cannot boast. So we should display the effect of God working in us. That's what should come out. I'm going to read quickly here from 1 Samuel 12, 24. He says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he has done for you. It says when you look at him and when you consider him, you're like, how can you not fear? That's that fear that Paul is talking about there in Philippians 2, 12, 13. That's that's that fear. It's not a fear to say, oh, if I don't work, God is going to strike me with lightning. No, that's not the God that we're talking about here. We're talking about a God who has done so much and is doing so much in us that we cannot but respond in the manner that aligns with what he requires. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. John 15, 1. He says, my father is the vine dresser. I'm the vine, my father is the vine, the vine dresser. In verse 4, he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He is working in you. He is giving you nourishment. He's giving you everything that you need for life and godliness. And he says, as long as you're connected to me, as long as you're connected to me, the fruit comes. And it's fruit that goes with what he's working in. He's at work within us. And we are to bring out that fruit. And that fruit should be seen. Let me read a couple, of, couple more verses in Philippians 4. Even um, as I begin to come to a close. In the next verse, verse 14, he says, now Paul says, Do all things without complaining and disputing. Now, he's telling you how to work it out. He's giving you some examples of how to work it out. That's the very next verse. He says, do all things without complaining or disputing. May I, need I remind you of the Israelites in the wilderness? The one thing that God had with them was that they were complaining the whole time. And yes, that was because of unbelief. That was the root cause. But they were complaining, murmuring the whole time. And, and, and God got sick of it. 
And even today, our complaining. You know, sometimes we can come here and be serving even in the house, but inside our heart, we've got this. How come I'm always the one that's doing this? How come they never do it? No, 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 no. And how come they always call on me? How come I'm. How come they don't show up? No, 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 no. That's what he's talking about. You know? You're going, uh, that's like, that's, that's complaining and murmuring and, or disputing. Hey, we're not, are we? Why are you, uh, uh, we come, uh, you know? He says, do all things without disputing or murmuring. Listen to verse 15. He says, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Listen, among whom you shine as lights. I don't have time to get into it, but man, among whom you shine as light. The world is a dark place. It's crooked. It's perverse. It needs light. You are that light. And you know how you can shine? Work outwardly what God is working in. That's how you can shine. You know, when, when, when Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world, you know, he's talking about, I, because remember, he says in another place, I am the light of the world. In Matthew 5, he says, you are the light of the world. What happened in between? Redemption happened. He's working in me happened. Huh? The indwelling spirit of God. You are one with him. Abide in me and I abide in you. That's one. And so his light is your light. So what are you working out? It's his very life. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And his life is in you. And so when you only do what he requires you to do, you are shining as a light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And if if, if I were to switch off the lights in this place, right, this room would become dark. But if I were to take a tiny little torch and then I switch it on, you see that light. But if I switch on that torch now, you won't really see that light because there's a bigger light. That's why it says in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. That's why when you became a Christian, Jesus didn't take you away. That's why you were not... Uh, 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 taken up into glory the minute you became a Christian. He left you here because he needs light in a dark world. Because the, dark, the world needs light. The world needs you to be working out what God is working in. You are the salt of the earth. Colin was praying here this morning. We are the salt. We are the light. Are we working it out? You know, there are different types of light. Even here, as I'm standing, there's like this little focus light. There's these fluorescent lights that just flood the place. With these colorful lights here, you know, outside. Your cars have got different lights. There's a light that shows that I'm going this way. There's a light that shows I'm slowing down or coming to a stop. There's a light that shows that, 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 that uh, bright, uh, light, uh, lights up the whole front of the car, the headlights. They're different types of light. There's a laser light, you know, when you press the remote on your, your TV, there's like an invisible infrared type of light that goes, you know. You, if, if you're fiber at home, that's light that goes in those fiber optic cables, comes to your, to your, to, to, to your place, carries signals. There's different types of light. And each light has got its purpose. Just like there are all these different types of toothpaste. And that's really 
why I bought all these. I bought all these because I wanted you to see that there's not only one type of toothpaste. They're like a lot of them. And they taste different, as I already said. And they look different. But you know what? They all do one thing. So you shine in the way that God has created you and made you shining his light. You shine in your place. Maybe you're an indicator. Maybe you can't show me that far. But indicate. Indicate your life away. God is pleased. Maybe you're a, 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 a red stoplight. Maybe you're just a red stoplight. You're like, you better slow down. Because you're going to bump into me. Light away. Maybe you're the headlight. I wonder if the indicator would say to the headlight, I wish I was a headlight. Then who would indicate? I wish I was in the front of the car, not in the back of the car. There's even a little license plate light. It's got a purpose. There's a light inside your car. When you're looking for your keys, for your remote at the gate, you switch on that little light. Have you ever gone out of your car at the gate? Pulled out the headlight, come, lit the inside. Okay, I'm going to find my... Then You don't do that. So why do we expect that we take something that was created by God for a specific function in fulfillment of the one purpose, and then we want to put it in this place where it was not meant to be there? The function is different. The purpose is one. We're all right. The function is different. I mean, Andrew was talking about this sensor down here. It says sensitivity and gum, you know. It's got something there that, you know, helps my sensitive teeth. The other one says fresh breath. I don't know which one. This one is staying away. It's, in, it's interesting for coffee lovers. It says um, removes tea and coffee stains effectively. It's its function. Do you understand? But it's all toothpaste. It's all got one purpose. But they're different, different, different. And that's how we are. But you know what? The manufacturer, when they were making toothpaste, they were making something that makes your teeth clean. Who stop? It stops the decay. When God was making us, he was making something for his pleasure. That's all. Functions, 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 functions. You do it this way, you do it that way, you do it this way, you do it that way. One purpose. And it's working in us. Both to will and to do. Of his good pleasure. Can I invite us to stand? Yes, Rain, you can come up. I just... I just want to conclude by just um, just by praying for you. If you've been really struggling with issues of purpose, you've been, you know, struggling with where am I? Who am I? You know, what am I here for? Where am I going? What am I doing? What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Am I pleasing him? I want to pray today for God to open up and show you that function that he has, but in the overall 
schema of the one purpose. And the question you should be asking is, am I pleasing unto you, Lord? Examine yourself. See if you're in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13 says, am I pleasing unto you, Lord? Not am I doing what this person is doing or what that person is doing. No. Am I pleasing? Mother was running around. Mary was sitting at his feet. Am I pleasing unto you? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you this morning for your people gathered here. Father, I pray that you'd speak even going further into our hearts, Lord, that this word would find entrance, that you'd begin to even personalize it, Father, within our hearts. We thank you for the work that you are doing in our render. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Allow me to read here. Hebrews 13, 20 to 21 says, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in you what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. And Paul says in Ephesians, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives his name, and I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you. And this is my prayer for you this morning. May he strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to you, Lord, you are able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. To you be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever and ever and ever. And ever, for from you, through you, and to you are all things. Amen.